Welcome to Flow State, a podcast designed to help you focus. And I'm your host, Bobby Light, here to provide the soundtrack to your work. You're listening to the talk-only version of Flow State. In this version, I've removed the music so you can re-listen to or share a specific topic I've discussed. Eventually, I may even expand on the topics with longer talk-only episodes, discussing deep work, neurology, peak performance, and of course, the science of flow. Enjoy! Welcome to the season three finale of Flow State. In this extended episode, we look back at my favorite talk moments, going all the way back to episode one. Creating this episode was incredibly fun. Going back and listening to previous episodes, a few really stood out to me. And putting them together started to form a bigger story and message. A message I'm really proud of and one I will be listening to going into 2022. I want to start at episode one, in which I quote the book Rise of Superman. Here it is. The first step in the flow cycle is known as struggle. Struggle is a loading phase. We are overloading the brain with information. During struggle, to amp up focus and alertness, stress hormones like cortisol, adrenaline, and norepinephrine are pumped into the system. Tension rises, frustration as well. Our problems seem unsolvable, our effort unsustainable, And the whole situation feels as far from flow as one could get. How we handle these negative feelings is critical. To move through struggle takes a leap of faith that the effort will really result in skill acquisition. So there you go. A reminder that part of flow is the initial phase of struggle. And I really wanted to bring this back up because recently... As I've been learning a lot of new things, taking on new challenges, I've been struggling a lot. Here's a simple example. As a software engineer, I spend much of my time on front-end web development. Building UIs, I get into a great state of flow, focusing on the visual design of a website. But then I'll have to hop into the back-end code, into the server code. What I'm building there is far from visual and really more of a exercise in business logic, data structure. And so initially working on the backend code does not feel flowy at all. But knowing that the struggle is part of this allows me to push through and stick with the struggle. And then eventually I get into flow with the backend code as well. This is a simple example. And a reminder that we need to struggle a little bit as we learn new things before we can experience flow. That being said, this brings me to another point. 
the idea of context switching. If you have too many different types of work on your plate, you may engage in a lot of struggle, as opposed to focusing on one thing and experiencing lots of flow. Focusing on multiple disparate things may require a lot of context switching and a lot of struggle, preventing you from really making progress on any one of the things. This brings me to one of my favorite books, The One Thing by Gary Keller, in which he asks, if everyone has the same number of hours in a day, why do some people seem to get so much more done than others? The answer is they go small. Going small is ignoring all the things you could do and doing what you should do. It's realizing that extraordinary results are directly determined by how narrow you can make your focus. Most people think just the opposite. They think big success is time-consuming and complicated, and as a result, their calendars and to-do lists become overloaded and overwhelming. You have only so much time and energy. You need to be doing fewer things for more effect instead of doing more things with side effects. The problem with trying to do too much is that even if it works, adding more to your work and your life without cutting anything brings a lot of bad with it. Missed deadlines, disappointing results, high stress, long hours, lost sleep, no exercise, and missed moments with family and friends. All in the name of going after something that is easier to get than you might imagine. I'll leave you with the question we should all ask ourselves every week. What's the one thing you can do this week such that by doing it, everything else would be easier or unnecessary? The next question you might ask is, how do I know what the one thing is? This is a question I struggle with often, but the way I found the answer is through solitude and self-awareness. This brings me back to episode five of season two, in which I quote Naval Ravikant, where he speaks about the importance of solitude and building your self-awareness. Here it is. Your life is just an eternal single-player game. You set your own desires, goals, and have your own perspective. If there was a single purpose or meaning for all of us, then we'd all be robots to that single purpose, every one of us fighting each other to get that one purpose. And there's not even a single purpose for you, other than the one you create. You get to create your own meaning and purpose. You can pick a purpose that is antithetical to happiness, or you can pick one that aligns with it. If you're intelligent, you are capable of getting what you want out of life. However, you have to be careful of what you want. If you want to jump and fly to the moon, you're not going to get that. Part of intelligence is not just getting what you want in life, but also knowing what to want. What is reasonable to want? 
and then only pursuing those desires as opposed to wanting every little thing that gets thrown your way. And so knowing what to want requires self-awareness. And self-awareness is a thing that can be cultivated. So when people ask, how do I become happy? How do I become more successful? Just be more self-aware. Because that will tell you what your true desires actually are. Self-awareness is the core of self-improvement. Self-awareness requires solitude. Every exceptional person is built in solitude. Because society is over-socialized. There's too many voices in our head. From TVs to social media, there's just too much noise. Even all the stuff that I'm saying to you right now is noise. Because you're going to go back and think, man, that guy had so many great ideas. How do I become like him? And that's completely the wrong answer. You're never going to be me, but you can be an amazing version of you. You can be the best you that the world can possibly ever see. And the way to do that is to spend time by yourself. I don't think anyone is capable of greatness without solitude. Put another way, with solitude, it is impossible for you to fail. All right, so every time I hear that, I absolutely love it. It's so accurate. It's so on point. And it's something I actually struggled with at the end of last year. I believe I got caught in the hype of a lot of different things that actually weren't that important to me. An example I'll use is the metaverse. There's all this talk about the metaverse and how important it's going to be in our lives. And while I do believe there's a lot of exciting, important work being done there, it's important to understand what part of this new exciting technology is actually something I care about, something important to me. And that requires self-awareness and self-awareness requires solitude. And so something I'm doing this year consistently is scheduling alone time every week and every month. And I truly believe that everyone would benefit from doing something similar scheduling consistent alone time to really understand what's important and uniquely interesting to you. And now to end this episode, I'm going to cheat a little bit and read a quote from a new book I'm reading called Ishmael by Daniel Quinn. Here it is. Because if you are still, then you will be better able to hear. Okay, so you're probably thinking, wow, this guy is really driving the point home. We get it. Solitude, self-awareness, meditation, it's important. But I want to go one step further and explain why that is important. Which takes me back to season two, episode two in which I quote from the book, The Surrender Experiment, by Michael A. Singer. Here it is. There is so much evidence that life does quite well on its own. The planets stay in orbit, 
tiny seeds grow into giant trees. Weather patterns have kept forests across the globe watered for millions of years, and a single fertilized cell grows into a beautiful baby. We are not doing any of these things as conscious acts of will. They are all being done by the incomprehensible perfection of life itself. All these amazing events and countless more are being carried out by forces of life that have been around for billions of years. The very same forces of life that we are consciously pitting our will against on a daily basis. If the natural unfolding of the process of life can create and take care of the entire universe, is it really reasonable for us to assume that nothing good will happen unless we force it to? There must be another more sane way to approach life. And so I bring this up once again to remind ourselves that so much in this world and this universe is happening without our intervention. An example of something humanity has done for generations now, in which we're pitting our will against nature, is the constant tilling of our farmland. The planet is naturally capable of growing food, but instead of listening and nurturing the natural process, much of modern society has destroyed the soil. And as a result, According to the Scientific American, we only have about 60 years of farmable soil left. I want to leave you with an example of someone in my life who stopped, observed, and listened. Yesterday, when my partner and I had to drive into town, we had to spend nearly 20 minutes scraping the snow and ice off the car windshield. I honestly had fun doing it. I love being in the snow. But as we pulled out of the driveway, realizing we'd have to account for the additional time every time we wanted to drive the car, my partner made a simple yet beautiful observation. We're parking the car facing away from the sun. Why don't we just park the other way and let the morning sun naturally melt the snow away? Wow, I thought. What a beautifully simple solution. I can easily imagine myself, the engineer in me, thinking of ridiculous complex solutions where I insert a powered heating device inside the car to keep the windshield warm and blah blah blah. A hard to maintain, unsustainable, expensive solution. It reminds me of what I'm generally seeing in the world which is overly complex and hard-to-maintain solutions for what could be much more easily solved by simply stopping, observing, and listening. Why? Because nature and the universe is far more powerful than our individual will. So why not align with it as opposed to fighting it? Solitude and self-awareness is to listen and take advantage of the natural creative force within and around you. Thanks for listening today. I hope you got into a great state of flow and I hope some of this reflection can help guide you into a prosperous 2022. For now, I'm going to go into some of my own solitude, but I look forward to coming back to season four of Flow State. Until then, 
keep on flowing.